It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Well, that stunk. I mean, Dolphins falling to 8-4 and four with the loss to the San Francisco 49ers by a final score of 33-17. to 17. We're going to talk about what happened, how the Dolphins pick up the pieces and move forward from here. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. And today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 extra money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. So the Dolphins in this football game did the thing, right? They had a quick strike touchdown, first play from scrimmage. Everybody got all excited, uh, obviously showing the ability to create some explosive plays. Trent Sherfield, big long touchdown catch and run, and Sherfield revenge game. And we heard all about these backs and, um, Then Jimmy Garoppolo gets sacked and gets hurt. And next thing you know, Brock Purdy's in the game. And you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, this is a really, really uh, good start for the Dolphins to to be able to set the tone and and win the game. And, And quite frankly, setting the tone was the exact opposite thing of what happened for the Dolphins. Um, Played this game without Teron Armstead. The Dolphins played this game. trying to find a way to mitigate the impact of Nick Bosa. And I thought as much as you could possibly do that without Teron Armstead and as much as you could possibly do that um, when you only run the football eight times in the entire game, I I thought they did a a reasonable job. Yeah, there was push. There was pass rush. Tua got hit. Tua got knocked around. That's the name of the game when you don't have your starting let a star tackle. That's the name of the game against an elite defense. You're going to have to take hits. You're going to have to make throws. And you know what? I thought in the second half of the game, once Tua settled down, he made some nice throws. But he missed an egregious number of throws in this game that are uncharacteristic of what we've seen from Tua uh, throughout the course of the entire season. Tua missed more open throws in this game than he missed all season long. And it stinks. It stinks because if he doesn't miss Jeff Wilson on the wheel route down the field, the Dolphins have another 40-plus yard touchdown. If he doesn't miss Jalen Waddle on the deep crosser, the Dolphins have a long catch and run that is probably another touchdown. If Tua doesn't miss Tyree Kill in the flat, egregiously behind him on that delayed out route. 
the 49ers don't get an interception that immediately sets them up in scoring position while playing a backup quarterback. And if all of those things don't happen, the snowball effect that happened late in the game where the 49ers end up with 33 points, they don't have 33 points because they defensively got a score when Miami now had to chase the game for a touchdown, and the interception set them up for a field goal. You look at the way that the game ended up turning out for the Dolphins, winnable football game, and that's that's what stings, and that's I know what a lot of people are frustrated about this morning. It's what a lot of Dolphins fans um, are bemoaning about the performance for the Dolphins, and I understand um, a frustrating loss. It's one that you'll look back on if you end up losing the AFC East by a game and you reflect and look back on we got punked by the 49ers with a back with a third string quarterback who was the last pick in the draft just because they dinked and dunked and schemed a bunch of throws for him and 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 showcased the ability to create a couple big runs with cutbacks but largely we gave them field position largely we elected to not even try to run the football and what ends up happening is the 49ers possess the ball for 40 and a half minutes. Turns it over four times, and I understand that's late in the game. Skylar Thompson throws a BS pick. Tua has the strip sack. Tua missed two throws, or, or Jeff Wilson falls down on one of them. That's an inter- a leaping interception by Jimmy Ward, which, oh, by the way, also happened in scoring position. But it, all, all that did happen. All of it did happen. Dolphins 0 for 7 on third down. But at the end of the day, here's how I'm electing to keep perspective in this. We all know that Dolphins team is different from Dolphins teams of the past. Because they have a talent level that the Dolphins have not seen in a really long time. But I also just reflect on this, and I think this is good perspective for me. As as angry as I was sitting on the couch after the game last night, the Dolphins are 8-4. It's 12 games. Not a math guy, but I can do that one. That's 12 games, which means you have five left to play this season. And in the eight games of last year, you were 7-1. Think about that. So in the last 20 games, the Dolphins are 15-5, and and you just went on the road for a West Coast cross-country trip to play a Super Bowl contender at the time. What Jimmy Garoppolo's foot injury does to their status as a Super Bowl contender, I don't know. But I know I watched the 49ers call that offense, and it probably didn't have a lot of extra stuff to it. It was schemed throws, throws to the back, He made a couple tight window throws, and oh, by the way, the Dolphins couldn't make a play on a critical down and distance situation against Debo Samuel when they needed it. Multiple times. I said coming into this, if you can tackle, you can win this game. Debo killed him. The tackling situations, the extra yards that they got, it killed him. I thought the defense played admirably for being out on the field for 40-plus minutes. I thought there were some little things that were very easily avoidable. 
Christian McCaffrey uh, being defended by a second-level player from depth in short yardage situations down in the red zone. You got to take the air out of those routes. Got to take the air out of those routes. And McCaffrey finished with eight receptions for 80 yards. 49ers averaged 3.6 yards per rush. It's not like they ran the ball at will on you. Dolphins defensively, I thought, did a nice job in that regard, but they nickeled and dimed and nickeled and dimed and dinked and dunked and dinked and dunked and dinked and all. And you know what? If you didn't give them field position, they probably scored 20 points. But you did give them field position, and you lost the football game. So the Dolphins at 8-4, and four, um, not in the admiral, not not in the elite driver's seat, which is unfortunate because you look across the rest of the AFC, the Chiefs lost, the Bills won, uh, the Bengals won, the Ravens won. One of those teams are 8-4. and four. The Chiefs and Bills are 9-3. and three. You are 8-4. and four. Uh, So you're a game behind those top-tier teams. The shame is if you beat San Francisco, you'd be in first place in the AFC Conference standings right now with five games to play. But you didn't. Hard pill to swallow. And I I think because all of this has been set up for the Dolphins to be in this position, and then you go out and you start fast and you have Jimmy Garoppolo knocked out of the game, expectations go to a certain place. I get it. But you still, in the sense of the AFC East, own, own your own destiny. You, If you win every game left that you have to play, you'll win the AFC East. Now, can I guarantee that's going to happen? No, of course not. And I don't think that it will. But we said at the beginning of this three-game stretch, find a way to go one-on-one on the West Coast trip. Okay, that's out in front of you too. Everything the Dolphins still want to accomplish is still there. This one just hurts because it felt like a missed opportunity, and you don't want to have to live in that world. This holiday, find what you love at Total Wine & More. With so many great bottles to choose from, it's easy to find a new favorite single-barrel bourbon or the perfect gifts for everyone on your list with some help from a friendly guide. And all with the confidence of knowing you found something special for the lowest price. You will love what you find only at Total Wine & More. Curbside pickup and delivery is available in most areas. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. B21. This holiday season, we believe home, your home, should be where you and your family feel the safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system. From Simply Safe. Right now, Simply Safe is offering locked on Dolphins listeners 40% off a new security system, but don't put this off. Here's why I love it Simply Safe has been named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report, a third year in a row. So you know, you know the quality is there in an emergency. 24 7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe. To capture critical evidence to verify the threat is real so you can get a higher priority police response with the top rated Simply Safe app. You can stay in complete control of your system, arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust system settings anywhere, anytime. So don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off at any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL today. That is simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. 
there is no safe like Simply Safe. So in the aftermath of this game, um, storylines I want to be mindful too. I want to be mindful to the Dolphins in this game enduring these long drives and then conversely not being able to string together any long drives of significance of their own. Here's the times of possession for Miami's possessions throughout the entire game. Ten seconds. That was a touchdown. It's hard to complain. Uh, a minute and seven, three and out. A minute and three, three and out. 537, field goal. 25 seconds, three and out. 225, four plays, 10 yards. End of half. Minute and 11 seconds, two plays, interception. Seven seconds, interception. Minute 46, four plays, 75 yards. Turnover on downs, five minutes and 10 seconds. 10 seconds, fumble touchdown, 11 seconds, interception. I understand. Last week, we were asked about running the ball versus throwing the ball. And the response was, you throw to score and you run to win. But guys, we ran the ball eight times. We ran the football eight times. And there were a couple of really good opportunities here. And I understand that we had one that was called back on an egregious hold by Robert Hunt. And if we're being completely honest, there were a handful of egregious calls. The Melvin Ingram tripping call, egregious call. The Robert Hunt hold on the Jeff Mostert run, egregious call. The refusal to give the Dolphins a single break, an egregious call. That especially the Trent Sherfield reception that forced the Dolphins to go for a fourth and two on their own 16-yard line or 19-yard line. Egregious. I was very, very disappointed by the officiating of the football game. I thought it was unbalanced. You know, the Dolphins, in this contest, from a team stats perspective, they were penalized eight times for 68 yards. 49ers, four for 45. But the Dolphins' penalties hit them directly between the eyes. It's a bummer. Did it lose them the football game? No, because I think if Tua Tungvaloa hits his throws, I think if we avoid getting caught, and, and that's the tough thing about the 49ers' offense, and you give credit to, to Kyle Shanahan for being a play caller and a scheme designer, but Hey, you got to worry about Kittle. You got to worry about Ayuk, and you got to worry about Samuel. You got to worry about McCaffrey. And but there were a couple times where, like, you're looking at McCaffrey, and he's moving around, and you know it's a passing down situation. And say, okay, make sure we take the air out of this, and you don't. And he catches it in in, in the, the touchdown that McCaffrey caught is a great example. Giving him that much space to set up a stem, and then cut was never going to be a successful play for you. But I do look at the fact that the Dolphins ran the ball eight times. 
And I can't help but wonder, based on when they tried to run, they had a couple chunk game plays. They averaged over four yards a carry, and that was with them taking a 30-yard run off the table. We have to be a more balanced team than this. We have to be able to dictate terms on the line of scrimmage better because what you ended up getting, yeah, Tua, he got batted around. He was sacked three times. He did a nice job avoiding some negative plays. But he ultimately missed a bunch of throws. He had a bunch of clean pockets to throw from. And then as this game wore on, they just got a chance to hunt. Their pass rushers really got a chance to turn it up. Tua obviously, you know, tweaked his ankle or whatever on the strip sack at the end of the game. Seems like he's fine. But this, this is the risk you run when you don't run the football. I know we all love the mic'd up clip of Mike McDaniel. Somebody tell me crazy, but I'm going to throw the ball every play on this possession. And, and then he did. But you got dogs in your backfield and Mostert and Wilson that you went out and got to play up front. You're trying to slow down this ferocious pass rush and you are showing the opportunity to get runs when you take them. And you run the ball eight times? In a game that was ultimately, what, a... Uh, it was 23 to 10 going into the fourth quarter, and he scored a touchdown. It's, it's a six point game. And you start to put a drive together, and the refs, refs refuse to give you any, any kind of reception that showcased any level of movement with the ball. I don't know how there was any definitive evidence that, that Trent Sherfield's hands weren't underneath that football, but I digress. So I hope, I hope as I kind of jump around with my thoughts here. You guys get the right vibe, right? And the vibe is this. I'm disheartened. I'm frustrated. That really wasn't the team effort that we were hoping to see. That really wasn't the team effort our expectation should have. Tua needs to, whatever it was, felt like he was amped up. He was probably feeling the internal clock a little bit. But he missed like eight throws high. Like egregiously high. Could have had another couple picks based off of balls glancing off receivers' hands. Unfortunately, he didn't. We didn't get Jalen Waddle at all. One for nine. He missed the big play opportunity over the middle of the field, and then he gets banged up. It's just an ugly game. But you're not going to get every bounce of the ball. I mean, two was 14-2 and two in his last 16 starts as a starting quarterback. Just mathematically, like, you're going to lose some games. You're not going to show up with your A game. It's okay. It doesn't mean the team stinks, even though the day stunk, even though the play stunk, even though watching it stunk. And I'm sure for them, it stunk. Quite frankly, okay. But now buckle down. Remember the feeling and get to work because there's too much talent on this team, even amidst the bumps and bruises and the bangs that we have right now, for the Dolphins to not turn around and bounce back. This is still a playoff team, guys. This is still a team that if they're healthy and hot at the right time in a month from now, and they get a ball that bounces their way, which they didn't get a single ball bounce their way yesterday, 
that can win. And the, the hope and the goal for the Dolphins this season was always make the playoffs, win a playoff game, show everybody you're different. Still there. And I hope this gets, gets this team uh, some, some hard medicine to now recollect, redirect. And you got to go, uh, go on prime time on Sunday Night Football and play the Chargers. We'll talk about some final thoughts here in just a second. But before we do, tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. Daily Fantasy done right. You pick two to five players, and if they go more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 extra money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's you versus the house. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. Uh, an entry scheme be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. Currently operational in over 30 states in Canada, you can download the Prize Picks app. Or you can go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. So if you put in $100, they are going to give you another $100. If you put in $50, they are going to give you another $50. So don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So here's where the Dolphins stand. Uh, the Dolphins at 8-4 and four are currently the sixth seed in the AFC. They are behind the Cincinnati Bengals. They are the last of the 8-4 and four football teams because the other 8-4 and four football teams, the Ravens, currently leading in the AFC North. Uh, the, what is it, the Titans are 8-4. and four. They got shellacked by the Philadelphia Eagles. Excuse me, the, the Titans are 7-5. and five. So there's two nine and three teams, three eight and four teams, two seven and five teams in the AFC right now. That is your current playoff snapshot. And the Dolphins are the last of the three eight and four teams because of head to head tiebreaker uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals, where the Baltimore Ravens have the head to head tiebreaker against the Cincinnati Bengals for first place in the AFC North. So as we go from here, a couple things to watch. Lamar Jackson has. Suffered a knee injury that is going to keep him out for, quote, days to weeks. Not season ending. But the Ravens, quite frankly, are looking like a team in disarray offensively again, regardless. They've lost some players in skill positions. Their ability to win the North down the stretch has largely been assumed. But at this point, I would expect the Bengals to pass the Ravens and win the AFC North. And if that's the case... That is favorable for Miami because Miami obviously owns that head-to-head tiebreaker. The Dolphins still play the Jets. The Dolphins still play the Patriots. The Dolphins still play the Chargers. Those are the three teams directly below the Dolphins in the AFC conference standings. So you talk about if you're going to lose a game, the 49ers game is the game to lose. The 49ers game is the game to lay an egg and not show up and misplay that you've made all season long because it doesn't hurt you in the conference standings. Miami next has the Chargers, who are 6-6, six and six, and they are coming off a loss against the Las Vegas Raiders. 
Uh, the Raiders currently sitting at 5-7. and seven. They're one of the worst teams in football the first half of the year. The Chargers are a banged-up football team. They're very streaky. Uh, they've got some skill players back. But the, the Chargers is a game that Miami, I, I think you, you, you don't have to worry about some of the same conflicts that the 49ers put you in. And what I mean by that is the Chargers as a team are averaging 3.7 yards per carry. Uh, they only have one player, Austin Eckler, who is over 140 rushing yards on the season. Now, Justin Herbert, outside of structure, can make you pay. But he's only ran the ball 41 times to this point in the season. Herbert, obviously, with the big arm, the ability to push the ball down the field. Their leading receiver is Josh Palmer. Their second leading receiver is Austin Eckler. Now, they got Keenan Allen back. He's out there. He's playing. But this is a Chargers team who's missing several starters on the offensive line. Corey Lindsley did not play. Rayshon Slater's on IR. Their right tackle missed this football game. They're banged up. All I'm doing is setting the table for you guys to, to kind of feel what the Chargers game can be this week. If the Dolphins take care of business up front in the trenches, which they did, but you have to have a more balanced attack this week offensively. That's the number one thing for me with Coach McDaniel that I would like to see continue to be worked on. There's no reason that we are rushing for 100 yards in the last two games combined against the Texans and the 49ers. 100 combined. Because we've elected not to throw the ball. Or not to run the ball. I want to see that sort itself out. And if it does, the Dolphins are going to be in a very good position to bounce back. They would then go into Buffalo with a win next week at 9-4. and four, Clinched a winning season. And then, oh, by the way, you still play... The two teams directly below you in the AFC conference standings right now with teams in the AFC East and the Patriots and the, and the Jets. And you'd have nine wins going into Buffalo in a game that if you won, you'd go back to first place in, in the East. It's all right there. Frustrating missed opportunity for the Dolphins on Sunday against the 49ers. Hopefully it's a good learning lesson for big game environment because I do think the nerves and the, the energy and all of that felt like it played a role in this game going the way that it did. Let's learn from it. Let's batten down the hatches. Let's get back to word. And as Tua Tungvalo said, let's just keep chopping wood. And that, that's all we can ask of this team to do, and I'm confident that they'll do that. And we'll see what results that brings here uh, this upcoming week. But um, disappointing loss, 33-17 for the Bobby Dolphins uh, in this football game to the San Francisco 49ers. Still 8-4, still very much. Uh, in a playoff position as things currently stand. They have a two-and-a-half game lead on the uh, eighth-place team in the AFC Conference standings with five games left to play and a head-to-head included. So um, plenty to look forward to and better days ahead than what we have today. Uh, fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. Make it a great one. Talk to you all again tomorrow. Fins up. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.